Causation in business interruption insurance policies following FCA and Arch Insurance and others. You're listening to Outlook, one of the commercial construction and international arbitration podcast series brought to you by the members of 39 Essex Chambers. Hello, my name's Neil Block. Um, I'm a silk at 39 Essex Chambers who specialises in insurance law. Um, Today, I'm going to talk to you um, about one aspect of the um, judgment in the recent FCA case, Uh, A detailed introduction to the judgment uh, in in the case uh, was given in a webinar uh, which I took part in on the 22nd of September and we indicated then uh, that we would produce a number of podcasts uh, which deal with a number of aspects of the judgment in greater detail and I'm now going to provide a more detailed summary on the issues of causation that were dealt with uh, in the judgment. Uh, Well, perhaps I should start off by saying that um, the judgment, in a sense, was good news for lawyers and bad news for policyholders in that the court was told there were 370,000 policyholders who could be affected by the judgment and that although there were 21 lead cases, there were 700 types of policy across 60 different uh, insurers. Judges have recently given permission for wide-ranging appeals with further permission for this appeal to leapfrog to the Supreme Court. Uh, I consider it unlikely that the Supreme Court will come to a different conclusion on the issue of causation uh, for reasons that I I hope will become apparent over the next few minutes. Uh, Well, consider the position when a a, a business suffers a loss by reason of uh, an infectious disease at its premises or within the defined location. Uh, but that that business would in any event have been unable to trade by reason, for example, of the lockdown regulations. Is that loss a loss resulting from the presence of the infectious disease at the premises? And if so, uh, are damages recoverable? Well, business interruption policies in the UK ordinarily provide for recovery of loss caused by physical damage to property at the premises. Uh, subject to an adjustment to reflect other factors that would have occurred in any event. Uh, The leading authority prior to the recent court decision was Orient Hotels and Assicurazzi Generale, a 2010 commercial court decision. Uh, This claim arose in the aftermath of Hurricanes Katrina and Rita in New Orleans in 2005. The claimant hotel had the benefit of an insurance policy which covered business interruption directly arising from damage. And damage was defined as direct physical loss, destruction or damage to the hotel. Uh, The policy uh, was governed by English law. Now the hotel had suffered significant damage in the hurricane and it was agreed that this had caused interruption to the business of running a hotel. It had had to close for a period of about two months. The surrounding area was devastated by the hurricanes with the entire city shut down for several weeks following a declaration of emergency, the imposition of a curfew and mandatory evacuation. So rather more than we've experienced in the UK so far. Uh, There was an issue as to whether the interruption of business by reason of the uh, damage to the hotel 
was the cause of the hotel's loss of income within the meaning of the policy. Uh, the insurer in that case contended that the policy only covered loss that the insured could prove would not have arisen but for the interpretation, sorry, but for the interruption of its business due to the damage to the hotel premises. And that since damage to the city in which the hotel was located was a concurrent and major causal factor, there could be no indemnity under the business interruption section of the policy. In other words, the loss would have been suffered by the hotel as a result of the damage to the surrounding area, even if the hotel itself had not been damaged. The arbitrators accepted the insurance argument and no award was made under the business interruption section of the policy and the hotel appealed to the commercial court. Uh, the appeal was assigned to Mr Justice Hamlin uh, and the question for determination was whether it was appropriate to use the bat for test in relation to causation where there are two concurrent and independent causes, one of which fell within the policy cover and one of which was specifically excluded. A distinction was drawn between interdependent concurrent causes and independent concurrent causes. And for interdependent concurrent causes, the but test would, but for test would be satisfied, uh, but for independent concurrent causes, it would not be. Uh, this was an appeal and the judge determined it uh, on the basis that the terms of the insurance contract were express and clear and fairness and reasonableness didn't require him to set aside the arbitrator's finding. In other words, there'd been no error as to law. Uh, he did accept that there may be cases in which the but for test should not apply. In interestingly, he gave permission to appeal to the Court of Appeal, but the parties compromised the appeal. Now, that decision has been widely criticised by academics and practitioner commentators uh, who argued that it deprived the policyholder of the very cover uh, that they were hoping to be afforded under the policy and it gave a windfall to insurers. And, and the argument was that the policy should respond up to the level of loss that would have flowed from the damage to the insurer's premises notwithstanding the wide area damage. It's interesting to note that although Orient Express had not been further considered by the courts until uh, the recent FCA litigation, uh, the London market did not follow Orient Express when dealing with claims involving large areas of damage in, for example, the Thailand floods of 2011 and the Cumbrian floods in 2009. Um, this could well be because the insurers accepted that the true intention was to provide cover in respect of losses flowing from damage to the insurer's premises, notwithstanding the wide area damage. Um, now, in the FCA case, the judges did not consider that the issues of causation required lengthy analysis, uh, as they were largely resolved as part of the process of construction of the policy wording. Uh, thus, notwithstanding an 82-page skeleton submitted on behalf of all the insurers involved in the lead cases, only nine of the 162 pages of the judgment dealt with causation as a discrete issue. Uh, the insurers, as was widely anticipated, placed heavy reliance on Orient Hotels. Um, the judges 
in the FCA case considered that there were several problems with the reasoning in Orient Express. Um, the first of these was that there was a misidentification by the arbitrators and by Mr Justice Hamlin of the insured peril. The policy was an all risks policy. It insured against material damage and consequent business interruption caused by fortuity unless there was an exception. Thus, it didn't just insure against damage in the abstract, but against damage caused by a fortuity. And in that case, the fortuity was a hurricane and there was no exception for hurricanes. Uh, and the judges felt that Mr. Justice Hamlin relied upon a fallacy, the fallacy being that the relevant insured peril is the damage, not the cause of that damage. And the hurricane as the cause of the damage was an integral part of the insured peril. So that error in reasoning in not considering causation may have come about because the judge focused only on the but-for test and he didn't pose the question, what was the proximate loss cause of the loss claimed? And in their opinion, uh, this must be the primary question in relation to claims under contracts of insurance. And they relied in part upon Section 55 of the Marine Insurance Act 1906, which is generally accepted as a general statement of the position in insurance contracts, uh, namely, unless the policy otherwise provides, the insurer is liable for any loss proximately caused by a peril insured against. Remember, and clearly uh, a detailed investigation is um, for another podcast, um, the proximate cause uh, is not necessarily the nearest in time to the loss, but it's the efficient or dominant cause of the loss. Uh, and the judges considered that the proximate cause in Orient Hotels was damage caused by the hurricane, uh, which was the insured fortuity. Uh, now, in my opinion, that must be correct. Uh, otherwise, the absurdly unfair position would be that the policy uh, would respond if the hurricane had only damaged the hotel, um, but not if the business was interrupted by more widespread damage caused by the hurricane. And if one pauses for a moment and considers that, hurricanes almost inevitably cause widespread damage and therefore the cover would have been rendered illusory. Uh, and as the judges said, in our view, the consequence which flows from the Orient Express decision that the worse the fortuity which befalls the insured and the vicinity of the insured premises, the less the insurance response cannot have been intended. Uh, now, this con consideration and treatment of the Orient Hotels case was obiter because the judges uh, were able easily to distinguish between the composite perils in the 21 lead cases uh, and, and the policies considered in those cases uh, and the business interruption in Orient Express. Um, therefore, um, it wasn't necessary for them to disagree with Hamlin J, but they made it quite clear that if it had been necessary, uh, they would have disagreed. Uh, in, in my opinion, this reasoning is logical, reasonable and fair and will be upheld by the Supreme Court. So although there is still much uncertainty 
uh, as to what comes uh, within the policies as the insured peril, once the court has dealt with that, I consider it most unlikely that the insurers will be able to rely on a causation defence. I hope that you found this um, podcast of use. It's a very um, dry area, as most um, questions of causation are, but it, but it is nonetheless something that's very important and that we will be dealing with regularly in our day-to-day consideration of the interpretation of business interruption policies. Thanks for listening. At 39 Essex Chambers, we cover a vast array of practice areas and sectors. You can find out more about our expertise and our barristers at 39essex.com, where you can also see our extensive catalogue of articles, podcasts and webinars.